if there's any kind of magic in this world, it must be in the attempt of understanding someone sharing something. To the very first episode of Dined Out. Kind of. Yeah, you see, that technically isn't actually true. Because, you see, the very first episode, the pilot for Dined Out, was just thrown blindly into the all-encompassing celestial lost and found cupboard that is known as the internet, where it then spiralled through many dimensions before hitting listeners' ears, and more importantly, finding a place in their hearts way back when, on May 21st, 2020, a year none of us will ever forget. Primarily because it has just firebranded so many memories into our brains. Memories that we will cherish and memories we just want to erase eternal sunshine style. Memories that you will always have, like that time your uncle came so close to actually killing a man with a screwdriver for a roll of toilet paper. As we approach our third season, and it's kind of mind-boggling to even think that's what we're in the midst of doing, but yeah, we are about to approach our third season here on Dined Out, and it has been almost exactly one year to the day since I launched this weird little thing into the ether. And I thought, you know something, the first episode actually wasn't that good, because back then, I had a little bit of an idea of what I wanted Dined Out to be, but I had no idea where it would go and in the span of a year this show has not only grown like a soft doughy baby all red-faced and completely oblivious to what its surroundings even mean but we have gone into some really fascinating exciting and new territories for me and hopefully for anybody that's been on board which includes you now if you're listening to this The reason to start Dined Out came at the height of the pandemic. You know, like a lot of people at that point when it was just mushroom clouding and just filling everybody with fear, I didn't really know what to do with myself. I had recently been made redundant and I had a lot of spare time on my hands. And one thing that is terrible for me is having a lot of spare time on my hands and nothing to fill it. And yeah... Let's just, let's get it out of the way. I am one of those annoying people that needs to have some kind of creative project on the go all the time. I am that person. I'm also that cat person as well. I feel like I should put that out before we go any further, just so you know. Yeah, I love cats. I love every single cat. I just want to hug them all, but I can't hug every cat. And that is a sad truth which has really come to fruition over the last 12 months. So, pandemic hits, as does a shit ton of anxiety and just a need to do something with myself to kind of keep my brain on a singular track and to, yeah, just kind of power me through. So, yeah, here we are. And I know what you're thinking. Wow, 
a white mid-30s cisgendered male that is somewhat insecure and self-deprecating to extreme levels is uh, deciding to do a podcast. Wow, much innovation. How unique. I know, look, I know. It's, uh, <laughs> it's something, right? And it's something that I've done before on and off over the years with other people for different websites for myself and by myself. Most notably, I did a show a couple of years ago called Ramble On, which started off looking at my travel adventures going from one coast of America to the other. And then once that had expired, I then used it as a platform to try different things and to just talk innate rubbish as well, to be honest. There was plenty of that. So I've done this before. It feels comfortable. And I feel like this is a medium which I work pretty well. Not only that, but for me, it's a medium, it's a vehicle which allows me to look deeper into things that I know, which is where the show really sort of starts with. I kind of stick with my bread and butter, which is music and film, two of my, if not my two biggest passions in life, things that I have a background in, in terms of copywriting and content creating through reviews, editorial pieces, other podcasts, etc. So I figured I'm going to start there and I'm going to kind of dig deeper into some specifics in that area. But this could also be a really good vehicle, a really good sort of platform for me to dig into things that I've wanted to look at for some time and things that I have just discovered or things that I don't even know about. And really, that is, in a nutshell, what this show is. It's a real exploration of everything and anything. It has a double-edged sword quality to it because we don't have a core nucleus. What I mean by that is you may find certain podcasts that specifically look at the weekly goings-on with a sports team, or you may find a number of podcasts that deal with movies from the 80s or the 90s, or you may open it up a little bit further and find podcasts operating within a genre like true crime. All of these things, to an extent, have a core nucleus, a reason for certain people to come back to a sort of beacon call for people that are interested in those specifics. We don't have that, and it is a little bit of a detriment to diet out, but at the same time, it's also become really freeing and liberating because it means we're not tied down to one particular subject or idea. We can, and we do, look at, as I said, anything and everything. And with us having done this for a year now, as I said, I figured it's time to sort of revamp, remix, remake... I guess, the initial episode. So for anybody that's coming to the show brand spanking new and wants to start from episode one of season one, it's a good opportunity to give you a little look at what you can expect if you're going to stick with us from this point on. Because the first episode, the actual pilot, I don't think was very good. I haven't listened to it in a year, but it was basically me just talking about another podcast that I did and just some ideas that I had at the time. And that's it. This is, is much better. This is an overview. It's an arc of what you can expect if you're going to stick around, which hopefully you are. All right, so let's get into it. And what we're going to do here is we're not going to go through the entire two seasons episode by episode. Nobody needs or wants that. Instead, what I've done is I've compiled two seasons into four categories and I'm kind of just going to go through them briefly and maybe talk about some of the guests that we've had to sort of supplement these topics and issues and conversations and such and one thing I should say is that when we first started the podcast I was just reaching out to friends both online 
and offline to talk about specific things. And that was great. That was a lot of fun. It was great to sort of reconnect with certain people. It was great to sort of get to know other people better. But as we've moved along, the guests have sort of branched out and have come from all over the place. Some of them I've seeked out purposely. Some of them I have found accidentally. Some have come to me. And yeah, it's it's really beginning to sort of open itself up much wider. But yeah, let's get into it. Let's start with the first category, which is music and film. And as I said just a few moments ago, this was a no-brainer. This was just my foundation, my bedrock. This has been my bread and butter for online content for years. So it kind of made sense we'd start there and dig into some specifics. And you don't get much more specific than doing a review of Lars von Trier's musical, Yes, that is a thing that exists, if you weren't aware of it. Lars von Trier did, in fact, make a musical that was released in 2000 called Dancer in the Dark, which stars Bjork. And, yeah, I'm not going to spoil it, I'm not because it is the next episode. If you want to stick with us, it is episode two, so you can see exactly how I felt about that. But instead of just doing a straight-up review, I applied something that I've done before, for various other films called Keep or Delete, where I look at the film from five separate angles, judging it through five different categories, and that's narrative, cinematography, performance, direction, and overall enjoyment. If you've ever seen Dancer in the Dark, then you'll know firsthand that there isn't really that much overall enjoyment from that movie, but there are plenty of other things to counterbalance it. Keeping things in the medium of film, if you are a cinephile, this is definitely one you want to check out. We did a very niche-focused episode that looked at the work of Paul Thomas Anderson. Yeah, PTA. To celebrate and commemorate the man's birthday last year, I put together my personal top five PTA films, and I was also joined by a long-term friend and previous collaborator, Daniel Sarif, who brought to the table his top five PTA films as well. So yeah, fun one if you're a fan of Paul Thomas Anderson there. Even if you're not and you're looking to branch out with some new films, it's definitely one to check out. Dan also came back to do a single individual episode where we talked about all things film, about the films that really kind of got him into the medium and made him appreciate it as an art form, what it's like to actually host your own film screening, which he did for his website, Best in Film. And we talked about documentaries quite a lot. We talked about Netflix documentaries, if they're overrated or not. And at the time, I think I was working my way through Mark Cousins' The Story of Film as well. And as a little added extra, we also got into some travel chat on that episode where Dan talked to me about his trip to Japan, where amongst the many wonders that he encountered, he got to sit in the bar featured in Lost in Translation. Yeah, I am not usually an envious man, but I was that day. In terms of music and music-centric episodes, we've only got one, really, and that is an unashamedly, unapologetic love letter to Run the Jewels. It came out to coincide with the release of RTJ4, and it's just essentially me fawning over why I love the group so much. (laughs) I mean, there's a little bit more to it than that. I do look at their single career trajectories and how it is they came to be a collaborative force and where they went from that... And uh, yeah, so it's a, it's a look at the group, but it's also very much a look at what the group means to me, how their music has really quite literally changed my life in the terms of how I perceive things inwardly and outwardly. You know, the music of Run the Jewels really has sort of reshaped my perspective a lot. 
Moving into our second category, which is lifestyle, society and culture. And that really does encapture a whole lot of what we've done in the last two seasons. I'm going to start with talking to you about the episode with Tanner Banana, also known as Montana Leet, who sadly since making this episode has passed. And that is a real, real, real shame. Not just because he was like a tragically young age to pass, but because he had such a zest for life. Like, his attitude, his ambition, his perspective is just really... It it was admirable. Like, that dude had an energy. He came on the show to talk about the project that he was working on, which was converting an old school bus into a livable mobile home. And so he was going through the process of that. He was talking to me about what he's actually doing, how the idea came about, the motivation itself behind living a off-the-grid life and just several other things connected to it. You know, we talked about his time as a fruitarian as well. And yeah, like if you go and listen to that episode, you'll see what I mean. The dude just had an energy and just like a real zest for life and an appreciation for things and just a really interesting perspective and way of looking at the world. Uh, Yeah, really sadly missed, but definitely worth a listen for anybody, regardless if you have an interest in off-the-grid living or not. That episode actually really prompted me to dig further into the idea of alternative lifestyles as well, and that really prompted another episode we did with a long-term friend, one of my best friends called Gina, to talk about Wicca lifestyles and Wicca rituals that she sort of implements into her day-to-day life. Yeah, that was a really interesting episode because I learned a lot about something I knew nothing about. We also get into some misconceptions that a lot of people have because they don't know anything about Wicca lifestyle or, you know, the witch life, I guess, <laughs> for lack of a better term. But that episode really opens up into some other interesting and very different areas too. She talks to me about Animal Crossing, which is about as far removed from Wicca as you could probably get. Maybe that and pole fitness classes, which we also talk about in there. Yeah, that's what I like to do with this show, is take it from one place to somewhere completely different. And that episode is a really good example of that. But yeah, we talked about pole fitness classes, how that is good for your physical well-being, obviously, but also your mental health, which has been a core subject throughout the first two seasons. We have talked about mindfulness and meditation. We've talked about the power of relationships and connectivity with people like Andy, another uh, friend of mine, and Brandy Fleck, who is a fellow podcaster. She's behind a podcast called Human Amplified which really does look at the idea of connecting and human stories and stuff like that. Uh, We talked to her about social media for a little bit, which if you are interested in social media and you're interested in the psychology behind social media, then keep your eyes out for the next few weeks because we've got an episode with a certified professional by the name of Dr. Lauren Serpico digging really deep into comparative online behaviour and social media psychology. Springboarding from the social media side of technology, we've gone really far off to a a different area and we have looked at transhumanism. I had James, the author of the Transhumanist Manifesto, come on to basically look at transhumanism as a whole and answer some of my questions about transhumanism and what it is and some of the ethics about, you know, merging humans with technology and the, the possible viable future of a transhumanist society. So, yeah, that was that was eye-opening, to say the least. Moving even further afield, quite literally, in Season 2, I was joined by Dr. Seth Shostak to talk about the search for extraterrestrial life, the legit search for intelligent life out there 
in the cosmos. Absolutely riveting stuff. Even if you have just the passing interest in the possibility of alien life forms, that's one you, you cannot miss. Bringing us back down to the planet Earth, but reaching out to potentially higher states of consciousness and planes of existence, we have looked at a number of alternative medicines and therapies in the past, and in one episode in particular, we looked at a number including cupping, yin yoga, and gong baths. Also, because the show was born in the midst of the pandemic and has only really known life in the COVID era, we've looked at a number of topics that have been relative to our times, things that have been very integral to the zeitgeist of the past 12 months. So obviously, the pandemic as a whole has been covered. We've looked at working from home. We've looked at productivity techniques whilst working at home. We've looked at, in a particular episode, with the only married couple we've had on the show, Pamela and Armando, long-time friends again. We talked about what it's like to be living COVID-free on the Isle of Man, to not have COVID-19 in their, their isolated area, whilst the rest of the world is going through the situation that we were going through. So that's a really fascinating look into a unique situation for sure. Of course, Black Lives Matter was unavoidable last year, and rightfully so. So we obviously have touched upon that. We did an episode with uh, my friend Labou talking about racial division and kind of getting into some of the nitty gritty of that. But it isn't just, you know, black oppression that we've covered in the past. We've looked at black excellence as well. And that leads me nicely into our third category, which is history. History is something that has periodically been peppered in throughout the show in the last year. And as I said, one episode really concentrates on black excellence by looking at black inventors and innovators of the 19th, 20th and 21st century. Black individuals in America who have really made pioneering inventions or pushed through to further develop different areas of science, medicine and technology. Speaking of historical technology, one of the most fun episodes to put together and research was the episode we did to commemorate the 75th anniversary of VJ Day. But rather than just look at something straightforward and linear within the World War II area, I wanted to kind of take an alternative slant. And that's something that we do when we kind of dip into sort of history-based episodes, is we look at sort of alternative nooks and crannies in the annals of history and with the VJ episode we looked at a number of just absolutely mind-boggling and I cannot believe that actually happened covert missions and a collection of just honestly absolutely baffling weapons that were designed I mean that were even thought of in the first place is kind of mind-boggling but they were thought of designed tested and uh, yeah ultimately never made it which is probably a good thing especially when you're talking about such weapons as bat bombs yeah, that's right, bat bombs. Not those fuzzy, sparkly little things that you drop into the water that you get from uh, Lush that make your bath all foamy and, and smell like roses. No, bat bombs. Actual bats with explosives strapped onto them. Yeah, it, it really, it, it's even more insane than it sounds. For real. <laughs> go, go check it out, it's crazy. On the topic of remarkable pieces of history, we did a special episode dedicated to the one, the only, Inga Ginsberg. If you have never heard of Inga Ginsberg, you need to check out the episode because she is one hell of a woman. She's still alive, she's in her 90s, and she has lived numerous lives. At one point, she was a spy during World War II. At one point, she was a songwriter for Hollywood. And then in later life, with dreams, and I kid you not, of conquering Eurovision... She formed a black metal 
band. Yes. Seriously, Inga is just an absolute legend. And speaking of legends, do you see how seamless that was? We also kind of do dip into a little bit of true crime here and there periodically. We did one episode with a friend of mine and former colleague, Andy, where we talk about Heaven's Gate and just her real deep fascination for Heaven's Gate and Ed Gein as well. So if you are a bit of a true crime junkie, then that's maybe one for you to dig into because she knows her stuff. Like, she really does love true crime and she knows quite a lot about Heaven's Gate. Maybe too much. But then again, can you ever really know too much about a UFO cult? I don't think you can. All right, gang. Rounding us off, concluding this overall look at the last two seasons, the last 12 months of this podcast, which hopefully you are just chomping at the bit to dive into even further. We're going to take a look at our miscellaneous category, which is pretty much exactly what it sounds like. It's a bunch of stuff that we've covered, but I just couldn't find a home for it in any of the other categories. So things we're talking about here include mindset coaching and dream analysis. We had mindset coach Danny Longo join us early on in season two to explain what the heck a mindset coach is exactly and what they do but more specifically to get into dream analysis, which is something I covered in season one when I opened up my dream journal and just looked at all the weird, terrifying night visions I'd been having during the initial lockdown period. So with Danny, who has a real interest in this, we get much deeper into the idea of dream interpretation, what exactly the brain is doing when you're asleep, and we even touch upon lucid dreaming. So if you've got an interest in dream analysis and dream interpretation, that's one for you absolutely going from that into something completely unrelated uh, i did an episode in season two with an author by the name of sapphire gia who had written a memoir called survive and that was basically recounting the true story of how when i think she was 11 years old she and her deaf brother were left alone in the yukon wintry wilderness to survive so it's a remarkable true story of physical survival also mental and emotional survival too. Shifting ever so slightly away from remarkable true stories to just remarkably weird, there is an episode in which I take a big old peek into the cryptic website LHOHQ, which is something that you just kind of really need to see for yourself. But if you don't want to do that, don't worry, because I took the plunge and I dived right in. Some people think LHOHQ, which stands for Laughing Horses Orifice Headquarters, if you're wondering. Some people think it's a honeypot for the FBI. Some people think it's a dumping ground for political dossiers and conspiracy documents. Other people, myself probably included, I say probably because I'm not entirely sure, think it's just a big old joke, a piece of digital performance art of some kind. Either way, it is really strange, really cryptic, and if you're into your weird internet shit, then yeah, that one is for you, as is the episode on Everywhere at the End of Time. Now, chances are you may have heard of this because it did have a huge internet boom in the last 12 to 18 months. If you haven't, basically Everywhere at the End of Time is a six-and-a-half-hour dark ambient experimental music project from Leland Kirby, also known as The Caretaker. Yeah, six-and-a-half hours of just ambient, abstract sound exploration that is supposed to be a representation of the brain decaying during the different stages of dementia. So, 
yeah, a totally light-hearted and fun episode for all the family to enjoy there. The purpose of that episode, the reason I did that, was to sit down with all six and a half hours and listen to it and sort of document my experience, both mentally and emotionally. And yeah, as you may be able to sort of guess for yourself, it kind of does a number on you at times. But if you are interested in that, that is a sort of social science experiment that we did. And it's something that I kind of want to branch out into a little bit more moving further forward with the show is sort of little social science experiments like that. So if you've got any good ideas, do let me have them. And a good way to get in touch with me about those or anything else related to the show is on Twitter or Instagram at I am Mal Foster. So gang, I am going to end this overview by talking about one of my favourite episodes that we've done in the entire two seasons. And it's a favourite episode for a number of reasons. One, it's just a really good episode with great content. But two, it's actually had a very positive effect on me as a person. The episode in question takes a look at the beloved, iconic tabletop game, Dungeons and Dragons. Now, before recording this episode, I knew absolutely nothing about D&D. I mean, like, nothing other than the fact that it's featured in Stranger Things, it's quite popular, usually amongst people of a more nerdy variety, which admittedly I am kind of in that Venn diagram somewhere, and that it details stuff in the fantasy world, like it works within the fantasy realm, like Lord of the Rings and, and stuff like that. That's about all I knew about D&D until Brad Godson came onto the show and talked to me about it. He broke it down, he explained what it is, how it works, but more importantly, what his experience with the game has been like. Because you see, Brad, for the last number of years, has been blind. He's been without sight. And he's obviously gone through a myriad of troubles and struggles. And this game has really brought something so positive into his life. It's been a huge paradigm shift for good within Brad's life. And just having that conversation, getting to know Brad's story, getting to know Brad as a person, you know, and his sense of humour was an absolute joy. And it's really snowballed into something outside of making an episode for a podcast. Because now I'm playing, now I'm getting to communicate and talk with Brad more. And uh, yeah, I am, I am, <laughs> I'm making D&D &D friends. And it's, uh, it's really nice. Yeah, for real, you know, making nerdy adult friends is uh, sorely underrated and I recommend it to everybody. So there you go, guys, that is the overview of what you can expect moving forward from Dimed Out. I mean, I haven't really done it truly justice, but at the same time, I didn't want to spend an hour detailing everything. I wanted to give you a look at the smorgasbord of conversation and exploration that this show has become over the course of 12 months. You know, it's something that I like to refer to as a jukebox show. Not every episode is going to be for everybody. You know, we don't have that core nucleus. We don't have that strict demographic that's going to come back week after week. But we do have the opportunity to open up into some really fascinating and infinitely curious areas. That's a phrase, by the way, you should probably get used to. Yeah, so I wanted to give you an overview and hopefully that has done the job. Hopefully you've got a little bit of an idea of what you can expect if you're going to stick around and stay with us, which I really hope you do. If you want to know more about the show, then just look in the show notes for this episode. Yeah, you can find a bunch of links, including our main HQ, our website, which is dined-out.com. You can find everything we've ever done over there as well. And as I said, if you want to get in touch with me about anything regarding the show, or you just want to stop by and say hello, 
then you can get in touch with me, as I mentioned earlier, on Twitter and Instagram at I am Mal Foster. If you do want to stick around and you want to be a part of this journey, then the best way to do so is to simply subscribe. Not only does it help us out enormously here, but it enables you to get every episode delivered to a device of your choosing without having to do anything. I really hope that is the case. I hope that this has kind of given you a good look at what you can expect. And I hope that you do join us on board this weird spaceship that we call Dined Out as we explore the vast multitude of life. Thank you for listening. Look after yourselves, look after each other. And until next time, keep it dined out. Mm-hmm.